Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome back to Just Pod Baby, brought to you by SportsNot.com. I am Evan Grote. You can follow me on Twitter at egrote 5 Also, subscribe to the podcast. Anywhere you find your podcast, you can get Just Pod Baby. It was a fairly quiet week for the Raiders. We do have a couple of news, notes, and nuggets to get into. The dominating conversation continues to be who will be the next Raiders quarterback. And the name that continues to keep coming up is Tom Brady. There were also some mock drafts that started to roll out this week. Something for you to chew on there if you're into mock drafts. I saw quarterback be the selection in many of those mock drafts. Also a couple offensive tackles. Um, We're going to go through some of those mock drafts here in the coming weeks. Will they bring in a young quarterback to develop behind a veteran? Who will that quarterback be? Plenty of time to sort all that out. Um, also, what I want to do this week is we're going to be debuting a, a new um, a new segment here on the show this week, and that segment is called Twitter Questions of the Week. Each week, what I'm going to do here, or maybe not each week, but most weeks here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a question out there. I'm going to tweet a question out there. I'm going to ask you, the listeners uh, on Twitter, and I want to hear what you have to say. I'd like to hear your opinion on on different subjects and topics that I throw out there. And I'm going to pick a few of you and I'm going to pick a few of the responses that I get and I'm going to read them on air. And I'm going to give you a shout out for participating along with me. So make sure you are on the lookout Uh, on Twitter for some of these questions coming up. Again, you have to be following me on Twitter at egrope 5 to to participate here. And so this week, I did put two questions out there. um, And and staying on the topic of the future at quarterback for the Raiders, there's a lot of debate right now over which draft-eligible quarterback would you like to see the Raiders draft? There's, there's a lot of differing opinions out there. So the first question that I tweeted out this week uh, was, and this is kind of a hypothetical situation, if, if Will Levis and C.J. Stroud were both available at pick seven, which for the record, by the way, I don't think that'll be the case, but we're going to have a little fun with it anyways, or you can kind of create the scenario any which way you want. Maybe the Raiders trade up to pick five with the Seahawks, and in that case, both Will Levis and C.J. Stroud is available. But however you want to look at it, however you want to draw the scenario up, what quarterback would you rather the Raiders draft? That was the first question I put out there. I got a lot of responses on that one, and I will share uh, with you some of the feedback that I got from that one. And then the second question that I tweeted out this week Again, talking a lot about hearing Tom Brady's name keep coming up, and I see a lot of the the hate and the and the discontent for the idea of the Raiders actually making that possible, of the possible mutual interest that is there with both parties. Some fans just don't want to see it happen. 
So that's the question that I asked. For the portion of the fan base that does not want to see Tom Brady in silver and black, what are you going to do? What are you going to do if he does end up playing for the Raiders next year? I mean, I'm genuinely interested in how some of those fans will will handle it. And, And I got some really interesting and, and some really surprising responses, to be honest with you, that I'm going to share with you guys in, in just a little bit. So make sure you're t- you stick with me to hear that. And make sure, again, you are following me on Twitter at egro 5 so that you can take part in the questions of the week and, and, and have some of your comments read uh, on the show here. Now, in segment two, um, the focus will shift to free agency. And I know we're, we're early here, but I wanted to just discuss um, a couple of the positions where the Raiders uh, need to make some changes and upgrades, and there's and there's plenty of options, uh, especially on defense. I mean, all three levels you could you could point to. I'm going to highlight a couple of different positions, and I'm also going to toss out a couple of names uh, who I think would be good fits uh, for the Raiders. But I do want to get the show kicked off this week with the news and notes from the week, and I was happy this week to see that Patrick Graham is going to be one of the coaches this year at the Senior Bowl game. He's going to be leading the national team. And and also, I did see that one of the Raiders' assistant defensive line coaches, Matt Edwards, is also going to be joining the coaching staff uh, with Patrick Graham on the national team. And I'm sure there'll be a, a few others that will be joining Graham as well, but I just didn't see any of those names as of yet. I think this is a great opportunity for for Patrick Graham, and, I, and um, not only to be showcased in a, in a larger role, but a great opportunity for him and possibly some of these other Raiders coaches to get an up close look at some of the senior prospects. I really truly believe that the senior bowl is a great chance for teams to, to, to kind of get a closer look in a, in a second look um, in a more, uh, I guess, personal, intimate look um, at, at some of the prospects. I think it, it, you can get a lot of great players out of the senior bowl and we all know the Raiders need a lot of help on defense to fix that problem that's been going on just for far too long with this with this bad defense. They got to get it fixed. And I believe Ziegler will do it. I'm not sure it'll happen here in one year, but I, I do think they're going to put an emphasis on getting the defense right. And I, and I think the last I looked, the Raiders have 11 draft picks coming up in April. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities to select guys from the Senior Bowl. Now, Graham will have the chance to watch both teams, especially the national team, but he's going to have a chance to watch both teams, how these young men work on the field, how they are in the film room, what they're like in the locker room with their teammates. And I, and I think that's going to give the Raiders an edge. And, and I'm, I'm actually really excited about that. Now, back in 2019, we all know John Gruden was one of the coaches um, and uh, of the Senior Bowl. And Las Vegas ended up... Uh, with drafting or, or signing uh, six players from that, that Senior Bowl game that year. Most notably, Hunter Renfro, Foster Moreau came from that class, as well as uh, Alec Ingold, who, who is no longer with the team, but he was, a, he was a solid player for the Raiders. Now, of course, a couple of the guys that they drafted or brought in from that team, Senior Bowl, uh, didn't work out. Jonathan Abram, Keelan Doss, right? Uh, he was a huge training camp story, but you know I still believe being able to coach the players for a week is a huge advantage for the coaching staffs that will be there. 
Uh, more so for the Raiders because they need so much help on defense and they have the benefit of having their top defensive coach go in there, pinpoint exactly the type of guy that he's looking for with a certain skill set, with a certain mentality and the character that he's looking for. And um, I I think it's going to be a great, great thing for the Raiders and that defense. At least I'm hoping so. I, I always tune in for as much senior bowl coverage as I can, all the practice sessions. I watch them all. Um, and, and so I'm going to be paying even closer attention this year with the, the involvement um, by Patrick Graham and, and, and possibly some other Raiders coaches. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That was the first bit of news there that I wanted to share with you guys. And then the second piece of news is something that you know I really wanted to avoid. I wasn't going to mention it, but because I didn't want to get into controversy. Um, but but I do want to mention the, the David Carr uh, little brief video that, that he tweeted out this week. Um, and I'm not going to get into any of my personal thoughts uh, on the video. You can you can check my Twitter if, if that's what you're looking for. I, I, I did get into it uh, with some people um, on Twitter. Um, but for those of you who still did not hear the video... Uh, I'm going to play the audio for you, and, and then I'm going to make the point that I was getting to. It's brief. Um, it's only about a minute and a half, so I'll play that for you right now. Uh, let's take a listen. Hello, fans of Harvester Sports. There's been a long-awaited podcast that we've talked about doing for several weeks now, and yes, we do have a ton of fun content. But look, let's be honest. It's my brother, and he's going to go find another job. He's going to try and play quarterback in the NFL again with another team. And right now, it's a little touchy, okay? There's some things going on. They're trying to work a trade. Derek has to accept the trade. Mark Davis tried to trade me once. That didn't work out. See how it works out for him with my brother. Saying all that, yes, eventually, we'll shoot a podcast. It'll be fun. We'll dig into what all went wrong and that enjoyable season that we all got to enjoy together on the couch in the stadium depressed, excited at times, but left a little bit unsatisfied. I know the Raider fans are excited to to dig into this, to learn about what happened inside the walls in Las Vegas. We're excited to tell you, but I think we're going to have to wait a little bit, right? If you really think about it, pause the video, think about it, right? You'd wait a little bit. We're going to wait. Okay, we're going to wait. Derek's going to find a new team. The Raiders are going to move on. The Raiders will have a new quarterback. Maybe it's Tom Brady. That was exciting. Right? You guys enjoyed that the other day? That'd be fun. You guys do great. So we'll talk about that. We'll dig into it. And we'll uh, we'll see what happens after the dust settles. But just got to wait a little bit longer. So there were the comments. Uh, and I don't know what your reaction was. Some people it bothered. Some people don't care. And, but that's not the point. For me, the big takeaway is this, and I, I talked about it on the show last week. Derek Carr is not waving that no trade clause. That that's what I take away from that brief video. And I, I thought it was possible last week when I discussed it that he would not cooperate with the Raiders if a trade came about. And and I'm I'm certain at this point that he is not going to <laughs> to cooperate. And, and and that is his contractual right. Don't don't get don't get my words twisted. The ball is absolutely in his court and the language in his contract says that he gets to decide if he accepts a trade. 
So I, I don't think anyone should be mad or angry if he, if he decides that's you know what he wants to do. He has that right to exercise that clause in his contract. But I'm just saying, I don't see him wanting to do anything that could possibly help the Raiders, benefit the Raiders, and 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 do anything to find a replacement for him. Number one, but but certainly not to help this organization. In any way, I, I I believe feelings are hurt. That's obvious. Egos were hurt. He and his family believed that they were wronged, that the organization did not handle this properly, and 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 I get I get that sense mainly from what David said about the the part of his his little video there where he said, "quote They're trying to work a trade." Derek has to accept a trade. Mark Davis tried to trade me once before. That didn't work out. Let's see how it works out with my brother. Now, maybe I'm looking way too much into this video, way too much into the comments. But to me, that sure sounds like he was saying in a very sarcastic way, let's see how it works out with my brother too. That, that That's kind of how I took it. I don't know. I could be wrong. But those of you... um that are already out there assuming that the Raiders are going to receive more draft capital in a trade for Derek Carr, I would take a step back and and um, you know come to terms with the, the possibility that you know Derek Carr could be just cut. They would save the money on the contract and they will not get back any picks from him. So those were the two pieces of news that I wanted to discuss with you. And now what I want to do is before we get to a break. I want to get to the Twitter questions of the week. I told you guys at the top of the show that I'll be tweeting out questions and I will share the responses that I received during the show to give you, the listener, a chance to get involved uh, with the show. Question number one for you this week. I said, if the Raiders had their pick of either Will Levis or CJ Stroud, which quarterback would you prefer? And I got a lot of responses to this one and there's obviously a lot of interest in this question because of the need to find a long-term answer at the position for the Raiders and also where the Raiders are selecting number seven, there's a strong possibility that quarterback could be the direction that Dave Ziegler decides to go in. But the responses were pretty well divided. Um, if I, I don't have an exact number, I didn't count, but I would have to give a slight edge to CJ Stroud. Uh, but anyhow, let's, let's start with the response that I got from, from Joe. Uh, Twitter handle is uh, Beshlow. At Beshlow, he says, I had Levis slightly higher than Stroud, but that game versus Georgia has me questioning myself. It's going to come down to the interviews, smarts, and intangibles because they both have enough talent and athleticism to be franchise quarterbacks. I like the take there by uh, by, by Joe. Excuse me. Uh, thank you, Joe, uh, Joe, for uh, taking the time to respond to my question. Another response that I got from Gato L. Felix from Utah. His Twitter handle is at Raider Colty. And he says, I don't know why Stroud isn't the number one quarterback in this draft. I fell in love with him at last year's Rose Bowl game. That That's hard to argue there. Uh, a couple more here that I got. This one comes from at Raider Matt 1990 from Rancho Santa Margarita, California. I'm not sure exactly where that is, but he says, Stroud, I really like, I, excuse me, Stroud, I really don't get the hype on Levis. I get he played on a team with less talent, but his stats are mediocre. Anyone can look good in a workout. 
I get Zach Wilson vibes. Yeah, you know, I've seen some videos out there with Levis um, training, and he's running around in shorts, and he, and he does look great, making some unbelievable throws. And um, So, yeah, I, I understand the, the Zach Wilson vibes there. Uh, we have one more here from Mike at Mike Wolf 6 all the way from Norway. That's right. We have listeners from Norway. That's pretty cool. Uh, Mike says, if we have Brady in 2023, I would say Levis should be the pick. If we are looking for an immediate starter, then Stroud seems to be the better fit. I think they are both gone by the top five picks, to be honest. Yeah, so some great thoughts there by all of you. And, and I agree with a little bit of everything that was said. I do feel like Stroud is the more uh, NFL-ready quarterback. He seems to be the more polished quarterback right now. And his stock really couldn't be any higher after that wonderful performance he put on against Georgia in the college football playoffs. So I certainly get the hype on him right now. And I would say the one thing, though, that makes me hesitant about C.J. Stroud would be the lack of success in the NFL from previous Ohio State quarterbacks. Thinking about Cardell Jones and Braxton Miller and Dwayne Haskins and and, and you know I know we we the, the jury is still out there on Justin Fields. He certainly showed a lot of improvement this past year, but um, you know I, I just haven't seen a, a quarterback develop into a a star in the NFL uh, that's come from. Ohio State, and I, and I do also think there's something to be said about the system uh, at Ohio State and, and the level of competition that they're playing, and and the elite wide receiver talent for the back for the Buckeyes. So that's just something that I think should be considered. And with Will Levis, you know, if you draft him, it's all based on projection. You know what he could develop into. He has all of the skills that you're looking for in a franchise quarterback. He's got arm strength for days. <clears throat> he's got the leadership qualities you look for, the toughness, the mobility. I mean, he is today's NFL quarterback when you look at those types of things. He did play in a pro-style offense uh, at Kentucky, and you know he played hurt this year. I think I don't want to make excuses for him because you know I think anytime you're out there uh, and you're playing, whether you're injured or hurt you know if you're out there you're able to play I, I think those excuses go out the window but he did deal with turf toe this year I think he had an ankle injury I mean he was he was beat up this year playing behind a, a not so good offensive line um so you know anyhow it, it's a good debate and it will be one that we discuss again here on the show and I, and I do appreciate all the feedback that I got from you guys uh with that question and, and now my second question of the week and this goes out to the portion of the fan base that, and that might include some of you guys who are out there listening right now, uh, but you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't want Tom Brady to become a Raider. What will you do if Brady does sign with the Raiders and is the quarterback of this team in 2023? And I received so many responses to this question that I couldn't even keep up with all of the responses. I, I tried to go through all of them. They were still rolling in at the time of this recording. I got over 200 of them. But let's get it started with Les Mitchell from Syracuse, New York. Les says, you root for your team. As a Yankee fan, did I like Roger Clemens? Nope, but I sure did when he started winning rings. Do I have my doubts that Brady can still play at a high level? Yes, but if he comes, he has my full support. So we get it started off there with a positive note from Les in the queue. And then we got one from Patrick James in Seattle. And I really like what Patrick had to say. He says, I'm cool with Brady coming. 
I don't think he's the answer to winning a championship, but he is the best bridge quarterback in the history to help establish the culture and mentor the possible successor. So Patrick actually, uh, he actually won my award for the most level-headed response to that question. I thought that was really well said personally. Uh, moving on here, we have another one here from Christ Endeavors. That's at ZZ Raiders ZZ is the Twitter handle. He says, I'm a fan of the Shield for life, but I will definitely not be watching any season Brady is in silver and black. I love the Raiders, but life goes on. So uh, Christ Endeavors there will be boycotting the season if if Tom Brady does become a Raider. And then the last one I have here from uh, Haney916 in California, I'll sit the year out. Seriously, I won't go to a game and I won't wear my colors on game day. So there is a few, and like I said, there were over 200 comments on that tweet. Um, I, I also, you know, I want to put this one out there. I did have a lot of Laker fans comment uh, on the question, and, and they, they gave the analogy of when LeBron James came to the Lakers, and I, I it sounds like a lot of these Laker fans out there were not a big fan of LeBron James, but when he became a Laker, you know, they were able to, uh, you know, not necessarily be a fan of him, but still continue to cheer for their team and just kind of learn to deal with having him on the squad. So I, I did get a lot of those responses as well. But, you know, I have the feeling if Brady does come to Las Vegas, the fan base will continue to be divided. That, that's how I see this working out. Uh, it was divided with Derek Carr. And if they bring in Tom Brady, it's going to continue to be divided. Um, anytime that he does something great, people will say, you know, hey, he still got it. I told you so. But then anytime he throws an interception or has a bad game, the other side of the fan base is going to, you know, see, I told you so. I told you he was washed up. I told you he was finished. So it's possible that the fan base will continue to argue about the quarterback even after Derek Carr is gone. But anyhow, nonetheless, I, I enjoyed the interactions with the folks on Twitter. And I'd like to hear from you. If you weren't one of those people who got involved in the Twitter questions of the week, please do so next week and be on the lookout for upcoming questions. All right, guys, time to get to a break. And when I return, we're going to take a look at the positions that I think the Raiders need to fix the most and who are some of the possible free agents they should be looking into. We've got a good start to the show here. We're going to keep it rolling. When I return, don't go anywhere. Welcome back, Just Pod Baby, brought to you by SportsNot.com. Please make sure you are subscribing to the show. I'm going to be here with you all off season long, and so I want to make sure that you are a part of it. Okay, here, segment number two, free agency, still two months away, but not too early to start taking a look at the roster and start to pinpoint where changes need to be made. Now, I'm going to start with the defense because clearly that is where the work needs to be done with this team. Now, I'm talking free agency only here. The draft will be another way to bring in some talent to fix some of these needs. But for the purpose of this conversation, I want to focus on free agents to be only. And when I look at what has been lacking on the defense for so many years, and it's an area where I would love to see an impact player come in for me, that's at defensive tackle. I have talked about it so much on the show over the last couple of years, and it's it's just been, to be honest, I can't even remember the last time the Raiders had a difference maker 
on the inside part of the defense. I recall Khalil Mack, the the Khalil Mack days when he had no help on the interior, and now we're seeing that same issue with Max Crosby. He needs help. 27 sacks as a team, and that was good for 30th in the NFL. And and not only do they need to bring in a guy who can get it done as a pass rusher and and help out the the edge rushers, but they need a guy there that is a complete player, three down um, defender can can help against the run as well. If they want to maximize the prime years of Max Crosby's career and try to salvage the contract of Chandler Jones, who who we all know, let's be fair, he did not have a great year. Most of that season, he was a complete non-factor. We started to see some glimpses uh, of him once they signed Jerry Tillery, which tells me they need to, to they need to find a bigger impact there. But you know, obviously, they need to. Um, you know, bring in a, a high quality defensive tackle there. Now, some of the names that could be an option, and this one could have a high price tag, but how about Deron Payne of the Commanders? 25 years old. This guy's in the middle of the prime of his career, 6'3, 320 pounds, former first round draft pick. And as I said, this guy's going to come with a hefty price tag. This is your shoot for the stars option right here. As I said, he will not be cheap. He's coming off a career high, 11 and a half sacks. He's been, he's always been good against the run um, ever since he came into the league from Alabama. And he has slowly seen his pass rush improve. According to Pro Football Focus, Payne has 95 quarterback pressures since the start of the 2021 season, which is 10th most among interior defenders. So you love to see that. If you want to improve your pass rush in a hurry, this is the kind of this is the kind of guy you want to bring in. He's versatile, as I mentioned. He he's always been pretty good against the run. Um, he he's he's consistent. He plays. He's played in all 17 games in each of the last two seasons, and because of his age, and that's something that I look at. Um, I I I weigh it heavily when I I make these sort of lists. Is you know you want to bring in guys who um, can help you not only now but you know for years to come, and I, and I think. You know, he fits that mold. You can have him around as a long-term fixture on the defense. Another option when I look at the list of, of potential free agents is, is Delvin Tomlinson. Um, and I say this mostly not because he's a huge impact guy like Deron Payne, but when I when I see him, I make those connections, um, you know, going back to his time with the Giants in 2020 where he played for defensive coordinator uh, Patrick Graham. So, you know, Again, not the type of impact player that Payne is, so this might be someone that you're looking to shop for in the bargain bin. Um, he does have experience in Patrick Graham's system, and I'm sure that would make him an attractive option uh, because of that um, comfort in the scheme. Now, Tomlinson did miss a few games this year with an injury, but but health is, to this point, health has never been... Uh, much of a concern for him. He posted a career-high pass rush grade, according to Pro Football Focus, in 2022. Uh, so that, that that would be something that you, again, I'm looking at guys who can help get after the quarterback and help improve uh, on, the, on, on the 25 sacks that this team had uh, this year. Now, the final um, name that I have for you here, and, and this one, you don't have to look far to find him, you can look within the division. I'm talking about Draymond, Draymond Jones from Denver. Again, another guy, 26 years old. I love his age. 
He has been consistent as a pass rusher in Denver. I went and looked at some of his numbers uh, consistently with five and a half, six, six and a half sacks throughout his uh, first four years in the league. 22 sacks in four seasons, 138 pressures since 2019. And he's... um, he has missed some games throughout his career. Uh, there's been multiple seasons where he played 13 games. So he has missed a few games here and there. Um, and, and the other thing I would say about him is he is more of a uh, defensive end in a 3-4 scheme. But but still, this would be someone that you at least want to take a look at if you're the Raiders. I, I do think adding some some help to the interior part of the defense should be priority number one for Dave Ziegler. In the offseason. Priority number two, in my opinion, it has to be to bring in a reliable, high end cornerback to this roster. I don't think the experiment with Nate Hobbs on the outside, it didn't work out this year. I mean, I know he struggled with, with health. He was playing with that, was it a broken hand? Um, I'd like to see him back in the slot next year. That's where he excelled in his rookie year. Um, I'm not saying that he can't be successful as an outside corner, but I just think he's best utilized in the slot. That's how you're going to get the best out of him. I also don't think Rocky Yassin can be relied on. I don't think he's anything more than a, a number two cornerback. I thought it was possible when they traded for him that he could shine as the Raiders' top cornerback, but that that didn't happen. Anthony Averett. You know, he had a tough season as well, could not stay healthy. I'm a little bit down on him right now after I was really high on him going into last season. They need to get someone on, on, on one side of the field that you know week in and week out he's going to hold it down. And, and the Raiders, again, talking about defensive tackles, they have not had a cornerback like that in a number of years as well. When I look at the list of free agents, there's one name that immediately jumps off the page at me, and that's James Bradbury. It's possible the Eagles will try to re-sign him because he's been so good for them. Um, but if he does, if he does reach free agency, then you know, connecting the dots, it makes sense from his time in New York with Patrick Graham, the same as as Delvin Tomlinson. So uh, Bradbury on the, I would say the back nine of his career at age twenty nine. You love the size, 6'1", 210 pounds. He put together one of the better career, uh, better career uh, years of his career. He had a really good season this year. He's been very consistent in the last three to four years, playing some really good football. Um, he's a big part of that Philadelphia Eagles defense. Three interceptions this year, 17 pass breakups this year to go along with 17 pass breakups last year as well, and gave up a completion percentage allowed of 46% this year, which was fourth best among quarterbacks. I do think... Um, like Deron Payne, he's going to be on the higher end of the salary. But at some point, at some point, now the Raiders are going to have the Raiders are going to have just about sixty million dollars to spend after they they move on from Derek Carr, and they could possibly make even more room if they were to make some other uh, cuts and trades and whatnot. So you're you're looking at sixty million dollars. They can afford to go out and sign, you know, a, a high-end free agent or two. I would say Deron Payne has to be at the top of that list, and and James Bradbury would be another guy. And this is the top of my list. Uh, this would be my wish list 
Um, so those are two names there. Uh, but getting back to cornerback, Jamel Dean from the Bucks is another name to watch for. And here, here's another one for you. Tell me what you think about this one. Marcus Peters. Now I'm not I'm not advocating for him to be, you know, uh, the number one cornerback on this team. He he's now 30 years old. He came back from an ACL injury this year. But if you want to bring an attitude and some some swagger and some toughness to that secondary, Marcus Peters would absolutely be the guy to do that. I just don't know how much he has left um in the tank and like I said, the Raiders need to bring in a a cornerback number one this year, and I don't know if that's the kind of guy Peters is at this point in his career, but defensive tackle and cornerback are definitely the two areas I want to see addressed on defense, and then when you look over to the offensive side of the ball, it has to be the offensive line, right? We all know that. Now, they could definitely use two guards, two guards. Dylan Parham looked overmatched at times. I don't think it's time to give up on this kid by any means. I just think that maybe he was put into into the fire maybe before he was ready. I know there's some whispers that maybe moving him over to center is more of the long-term plan. Um, but I, I definitely think they need to get a guard or two. I think Alex Bars, they got as much as they possibly could from him. Um, so definitely some help needs to be brought in to solidify the offensive line. And there's not a real robust market this year at the guard position, but one name I will throw out there, and it's another name that's within the division, so you've seen him play several times. I know I have Dalton Reisner, and he is a guy that I was a fan of coming out of Kansas State. He was a part of that 2019 Senior Bowl that I alluded to early where John Gruden was the coach. He's a consistent guy. He's a great guy, too. I I follow some of the, the Broncos beat writers on Twitter, and I, I recall many times he he does a lot of stuff for his foundations and and in the community. So he's a great guy as far as character is concerned. But he plays, um, grades out well in terms of of pass blocking, and he has experience within the division. And I think that's helpful. I think that's a benefit when you bring over a guy who is familiar with some of the other opposing players that he'll be going up against. Um, you know, in the division. Now again. The market for guards this year is thin, so he could demand a deal that is inflated because of that, but I think he'd have to be at the top of my list as far as guards are concerned. Another name that I want you to keep an eye on, another senior bowl guy that I believe would bring a real attitude to this offensive line. Think Richie Incognito, maybe not as such of a, a bad boy as him, but Will Hernandez, just a mauler. Um, I recall watching him during the Senior Bowl. I think he came from that same 2019, maybe it was 2018 when he was in the Senior Bowl. Um, he was a second-round draft pick by the Giants. He came from UTEP, um, Texas El Paso. Didn't have his fifth-year exercised with the Giants. Did not have the, quite the, you know, the, I guess the impact that they were expecting him to have, he did not get that fifth year, signed with the Cardinals, and had a really good year in 2022. Eighth best pass blocking grade on pro football focus, 79.1. 
And when you look at the offensive line, that's where this group needs to improve is is in pass protection. Run blocking, they were very good paving the way for De- uh, Josh Jacobs. They need to get better to, uh, protecting the quarterback. Whoever the quarterback may be, they need to do a better job protecting. I think Will Hernandez would be a great signing if they could get him over to Las Vegas. There is one other name that I want to put out there um, on my list of guards, um, and this this is Isaac uh, Samalo. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but he's he's from uh, he he plays with the Eagles right now. The Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in football, and, and, and Samalo is a is a part of that group. He's 29 years old, so again, kind of on the the back nine of his career, and he did have one of his best um, seasons in terms of grades from Pro Football Focus, 75.2, which ranked him seventh best among 78 other qualifying guards in the NFL. So graded out really, really well um, this year among other guards. He excelled in pass blocking. That was one of my focuses on was was finding guys that could could protect the passer. And um, But if there is one uh, red flag with, with him, it would be injury concerns. Now, he's missed. Uh, he played all season this year, but each of the past two seasons – uh, was injured in September and, and was placed on IR, missed the entire season. 2020, he had a knee injury. And then in 2021, it was a Liz Frank injury. So big injury concerns with him. But health aside, he's a player that, uh, while not as young as some of the, uh, as the two of the other guards that I, that I mentioned on my list, I think he would be a big boost uh, to the interior part of the offensive line. So, so there are... The three positions that I believe are uh, priorities one, two, and three, defensive tackle, cornerback, and offensive line, particularly the um, interior part at guard. And I, those are positions that I would love to see some money being spent and, and, and spent wisely, not just spending to spend, but investing the money on the right players. And that has been a struggle that has been a problem for past regimes, and um, you know they that needs to change. Dave Ziegler needs to hit on some of these free agents. So I'd like to know what you guys think of my list, and if you think that I missed a name uh, or two, or even a position that you feel should be prioritized over one of the three that I that I mentioned, let me know what you think. Send me an email to Evan at sportsnot.com, or you can send me a message. Uh, on Twitter through the direct message. I'd love to hear from you guys and get into some, into some uh, discussion with you on free agency. Okay, Raider Nation, with that being said, that's all I have planned for you this week on the show. I appreciate you tuning in. Be on the lookout for a new show next week. In the meantime, enjoy the divisional round playoff games this weekend. Should be four really, really entertaining games. Until the next time, I am Evan Grote. Take care, everyone. And as always... Just win, baby.